My name is Miki Kastan, and this is the Conflict Hotline. What you say next can change your world. With me in the studio today are Samita, for whom it's the very first time today being on TV, and Sigal, who is a long-time Conflict Hotline cast member and uh, alternate host sometimes. And uh, together we're going to work with situations from uh, uh, people calling in, from uh, situations we get on email and situations from um, some of our experience uh, teaching NBC to others. And we're going to uh, do things such as the following scenario that we call Witch Dad. It features Smita as Terry, the mom, and, and Sigal as Elizabeth. How old are you? Twelve. Okay, let's see what happens. Elizabeth, so what do you want to get your dad for Father's Day? Well, which dad, the one who gave life to me or the one you chose to live with? Well, the one that's been taking care of you all these years. Who else? Well, who else is my real dad? Your real dad? Where's he been? I haven't seen him around. Thank you. So this is um, what we're going to work with and the purpose of the program is to support uh, viewers in learning how to address and navigate complicated situations such as this. Um, the program is staffed by volunteers, both on the cast and the crew, uh, most of them affiliated with Bay Area Nonviolent Communication, an organization with a large vision of a world where everyone matters and people have the skills for making peace. And uh, it's a call-in show, so if you'd like to join us today, please call 510-848-5483. And uh, we have a theme for today's show. The theme is Alternative Families. And you can call with any kind of conflict that you might have that you want us to look at, such as? It could be a conflict with a neighbor or with your parent. It could be a conflict in your relationship or with a coworker. Or it could even be an inner conflict or a conflict with a friend or a housemate. Whatever it is, you can call us and then we will work with it and now we'll show you how we can support you by working with a conflict. So let's go back to the situation. Let's start from the top and I will stop you much sooner this time. So Elizabeth, what do you want to get your dad for Father's Day? Which dad? The one who gave life to me or the one who you chose to live with? The one who's been raising you for all of these years. Okay, so I want to pause for a second because you are answering a question. And my sense is that this question is not for answering. What do you, when she says this, what do you have a sense that she wants? I get a sense that she wants to trigger me. She wants to get a reaction out of me. That is often how parents view what is going on uh, in their interactions with their children. Mm -hmm. And I bet that's not what her experience really is because my sense is that what she wants is to be heard. Yeah? I, d I don't realize that as, as, uh, as Elizabeth, but I think that's probably true. Yeah. So if you were to think about what is it that she might want to be heard about, what, mm -hmm. what would it be? What, what do you hear there? that she's trying to tell you? 
I think she wants some acknowledgement from me about her other, about her biological father. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That there is something meaningful to her about this relationship. Mm -hmm. So why don't you check it out with her and see if that, is, if that is what she wants to be heard about. So why don't you say the line again and then try to check with her if what she wants is acknowledgement. And we'll see. We don't know until she tells us. Okay. Which dad might, uh, the one who gave life to me or the one who you chose to live with? Are you, I'm just getting a sense that you're really angry right now and you're wanting some kind of, I don't know, maybe you're wanting some care for, for how you're feeling, or maybe you want some acknowledgement about, you want some acknowledgement from me about, um, you want me to recognize your biological father. Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, he's my dad. So. We're getting somewhere different from where we got before. Mm -hmm. Do you feel the difference inside of you? Inside of me, yes. Mm -hmm. From her, no. <laughs> so what I noticed is that when she said what she said, you took a deep breath before you responded. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Can you tell us what was going on uh, inside you before you responded? I just wanted to pause and I wanted to think a little bit before, before I responded. And probably you wanted to think because that, that trigger was there, that idea that she's trying to get a trigger and you wanted to, you know, like have space to work through that so that you, you can be present. Is that sort of like what, is, what happened? Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> now, often what happens is when we try to acknowledge or hear another person, we hope that that will calm them down. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does exactly the opposite. It gives them space and safety to express more. Mm -hmm. My guess is that she's been carrying something for a while now. And this scenario came to us via email and, and it looks like this has been going on for a while where the relationship between her and the stepdad has been deteriorating. Mm -hmm. And you're probably concerned about it. Mm -hmm. All of this you need to set aside in order to be with her mm -hmm. so that she gets to hear. So she says, yeah, he's my real dad. And you try once again to hear and acknowledge what you're hearing from her. Mm -hmm. are, you, are you ready to do that? Okay. Are you, are you ready to do that? Okay. So say your last line again. Yeah, he's my real dad. Yes, he is your real dad. So mm -hmm. um, I'm, I... It's not about answering her, it's mm. about really getting what it is that she's trying to hear, mm. which uh, might be something like, um, so y you really want me to understand how important that relationship is for you? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I see her face changed when yes. you said that. Yeah. It softened. Yeah. Because when you just say, yes, he's your real dad, energetically, I mm. still feel you as waiting for this to be over so that you can say your piece. Mm. And mm. that is not gonna give her a sense of being heard. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a really tough thing when there is so much that you also want to say and so much of a complexity that you are holding. 
to set all of that aside and to just really be right here with her. Mm -hmm. So that relationship is important. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, you know, I even look like him. Do you want to continue to hear her? I do. I want to hear what she has to say, because maybe it'll change, you know, just the way that I feel about it, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful, because um, it's exactly what I'm hoping for in these kind of complex situations, a willingness both to be with the other person and to make ourselves available to be transformed mm -hmm. by what we hear. Maybe, maybe not just to make ourselves available for that. So is something starting to happen for you from just recognizing how deep that connection is for her? Yeah, it is. Um, as she's speaking, I just want to listen more. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't have a desire really to say much, but I just really want to listen to what she has to say. So you can tell her that you're ready to listen. Mm. <sighs> so what you just said to me, that you... Um, you know, I really, I want to hear more about that. I want you to be able to tell me. Well, I just don't know why it has had, had to be like this. Mm. Now, see, this is a different level of conversation. Mm -hmm. Immediately, she went straight for what's most important. And this is a conversation that you haven't had with her because you haven't really known how to have it. Mm -hmm. Like what's going to happen if you tell her that he left before she was born, all that is very difficult to handle. And what I am hearing from her is that she wants the information. So she wants me to tell her more about the background? I I'm imagine so. Ask her. Ask her if she mm -hmm. wants that. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know more information about your dad? Is, are you wanting to connect with him? And well, just I just don't more? understand why you had to make him go away. Hmm. So you're kind of hoping that we had stayed together? Yeah. And you're hoping that we would have all been able to live together? Yeah. And you would have been able like to Like my friends' families. Him. And he's cool. So you've had a good, you've had some good interactions with him recently. Some positive, makes yeah, interactions that make you feel. I mean, good. yeah, he's kind of, he's just neat. Hmm. So you've been enjoying. I think you've been enjoying getting to know him a little bit more, more than you have been in the past, but more than you were able to get to know him before. Yeah. So I want to pause because this feels sweet. Is it sweet for you? Mm-hmm. How is it for you? Yeah, it feels good. Yeah. And, and so I'm really enjoying this rhythm, and I want to know if there is anything else that you want from this interaction, or is this just satisfying for you to hang out with her? It's, it's satisfying. I really just want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot easier than um, being defensive mm -hmm. or tightening up. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm wondering if you are getting a sense that she's really wanting to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It would, be, it would have been hard for me to say any of that to you about him being cool. Yeah. Mm. 
if I didn't feel totally like you were there. Hmm. And when you start from the top, when she's, if you rewind, now you see what a gap there was between what she was trying to say and how you responded. Mm. She says, which dad, the, the, you know, the, the one that gave me life or the one that you chose to live with? And you say the one that raised you and that we are living with closes the conversation. It doesn't leave her any room to talk about what matters to her. Mm -hmm. And this is something that uh, unfortunately parents do so often is speak in a way that doesn't leave room for their children to trust that they can be heard. So I, I am uh, complete with this and I am uh, wondering if there's anything else that you want mom to know. That I, f that I also felt kind of bad about not acknowledging my stepdad too. Yeah. That that didn't, hasn't come out yet. And probably would. Yeah. Just you know, one or two more rounds, and yeah. and and there would be that know, was already starting to bubble, and I was yeah. kind of ignoring it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm I'm curious if you have something that you can say about what you learned from participating in this particular scenario. I think um, for me, in my normal regular life, it, I've always been the daughter and I've never been the parent. And so it was really interesting to switch roles like this and to, and to feel what it's like to be a parent having this kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. And you, anything that stands out to you? Um, what really stands out is her willingness to transform from what, um, from what she might hear from me. That seemed to me like key somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to take that home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's take a, a short break and we'll come back for more. Hello. Welcome back to the Conflict Hotline. I am Miki Kashtan, and uh, before we continue, I want to tell you a little bit more about the theme tonight and uh, introduce you more fully to our cast. So our theme is called Alternative Families, and it came out of recognizing that there are so many new types of families that are happening these days, such as this one where there is a, a biological mother, a stepdad, and a biological dad that is becoming involved and everybody needs to navigate all these changing relationships. We'll uh, see a number of other uh, family possibilities and um, I uh, want to just uh, in, uh, talk with Sigal. Do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, yeah, your relationship sure. with NVC? Yeah, um, so I teach NVC for Bay NVC. I've been teaching for five years. I teach Foundations One all the way up mediation, some more advanced classes, and I'm also a mediator, and actually that's what I, I really like to do um, best, which is help people in intimate relationships talk like this and come to some connection and solutions. And how about you, Smita? This is uh, a first for you in so many ways. So. Yes. <laughs> so um, I just started working at Bay NBC uh, last week, and um, I became really interested in this work, and primarily because I took Sigal's class, Foundations One, and um, just loved it. 
it just opened me up in so many ways. And uh, I just want to keep absorbing more. Yay. Thank you for, <laughs> for the courage to come and sit on the cast uh, so early in your practice. And I hope that with my support, it doesn't feel so terrifying. And um, again, a reminder, if you want to join us, you can try calling 510-848-5483. And if the line is busy, just keep trying. And after a few minutes, you will be able to get in. So our next scenario is from someone who is with us on the call. Uh, hi, Cindy, are you there? Hello. Hello. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Nikki. How are you? <laughs> I am uh, really happy to have you with us in the studio. We have um, uh, created two snippets from your situation. And uh, what I'd like to do is just kind of like describe briefly the overall situation and tell me if, if that is uh, descriptive enough of what's going on. So uh, as I understand it, Cindy has two foster children, they're not siblings. And this scenario happened uh, after the older foster child was visiting her biological mom and Cindy came back to take her. And Sigal, you're going to be playing Cindy. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, there was a lot that happened and we decided to pick two moments. Uh, Cindy, so far am I on the right track? Sure, sure, yeah. Actually, the, the younger child, they're both 17, but the younger child is actually, I adopted her two months ago. Okay. Uh, congratulations, I, I imagine. Yes, sort of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's yeah. run away right now, but... <sighs> uh, suddenly the volume got um, higher, so I hope that um, um, the, this is going to be work out uh, in terms of sound. Um, so what we decided to do is to pick two moments. And um, just uh, so you know, we uh, gave them names, uh, which are probably not their true names, Amanda and Denise. Good. And we gave the, the biological mother a name also, and that's uh, Julie. And Denise is not featuring um, in this scenario, just her name um, is there. So the first moment that we chose is the moment when um, um, after engaging with a biological mother and there's a lot of intensity going on already, um, Amanda is sitting in the car and locking the door. That's the first yeah. moment that we decided to pick on. So here we are, you sat down and locked the door. Mm -hmm. and, um, and now, um, real Cindy, we're going to have this Cindy in, in the studio uh, played out and you listen and then we'll interact with you to see you know, if we're capturing something that is meaningful or useful for you. Mm -hmm. So um, I want you to unlock the door and let your sister in. No, I'm not letting her in. Just, I don't have time for this. I want to get us home and have some dinner, so please just unlock the door and let your sister in. No, I'm not letting her in. Why do you like her better? Whew, this is not about that. I'm just trying to get us out of this situation, so please just let your sister in so we can go home. No, you like her better, and I am staying right here. Thank you. 
So I want to pause and just uh, check with uh, real Cindy. Is this sounding uh, more or less real? Well, um, the, the, the issue wasn't uh, so much about her wanting, her thinking the other one is better. I, I think her real issue is she didn't want to leave her mother. Uh-huh. So that's that's what we what we could discover. We don't know that. That's what you yeah. think. But that's very important information for Sigal here yeah. to know um, right that that's what Cindy's thinking. That that's what what that's what you're wondering about. Yeah. And she, yeah, she wants her uh, yeah, maybe well what what you're now that I'm thinking about it, part of the issue might be her mother gets to stay with her brother and her mother clearly prefers her brother uh -huh. her. So we so, don't, we, yeah, I understand. So there's a lot of complexity here. I just want to see how this might play out uh, using NVC. So let, let's, let's okay. uh, uh, what, you know, listen and see what happens. So okay. the, the, what I'm seeing you doing, I mean, the, clearly the situation is high intensity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, um, uh, Cindy, on the on the phone um, right now. I'm moving back to the studio, so uh, I'll let you know when I want to talk with you. And otherwise, I think it helps if you if you stay quiet while we're mm -hmm. doing this. Thanks. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a it's a high intensity situation. You're trying to get out of here, and still I want to see: is there any way that you can hear her? Yeah. So let's try that. Okay. So you, uh, let's start from the top. You ask her to unlock the door, and she says what she says. I'm just nervous that if I slow it down, that we're going to stay here. Like, my resistance to hearing her is that we're going to stay here, and it's just going to get worse. Because I want, like, it's like I almost want to just get them out of the situation so I can talk with her later. Yes, because you're concerned about Julie intervening and, and yeah. things escalating. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. still, you, you're, still you think that it, I should try just listening. I should try just listening. The, the thought that I have, and we can try it out and see what happens, the thought that I have is that um, anything that you try to do that forces someone escalates them. Mm. Mm -hmm. And there is a way in which energetically you're trying to force her to do something. Definitely I'm trying to force her to do yeah. something. And you feel it, don't you? Yeah, and that's why I want to stay right here. And whenever somebody, especially someone who is already agitated and charged and has intensity, if you're trying to force them, whatever it is that they want to be heard about, mm -hmm. they will turn up the volume on it. Mm -hmm. So let's try and see what happens. Okay. And I get a sense from looking at you that maybe you need a little bit of support to find the willingness. I'm scared. It's more, I'm willing, but I'm scared that it's not. I'm scared and overwhelmed that it's not going to do anything. But I'll try it. So your other option yeah. is to own that. Yeah. And for you to drop to a level of vulnerability. Yeah. Okay. Instead of being, you know, this all efficient, let's get out of here. Okay. Those are, I see those as your two options. Do you want to play with both and see yeah, which one works? Let's, mm -hmm. let's try that. So let's so try. Which one should I do first? Uh, you're, you're basically asking her to unlock the door. Okay. She hasn't said anything. We're at, at the okay. top. Um, 
Amanda, would you please unlock the door and let your sister in so we can go home? No, I'm not unlocking the door. Um, do you, is there, is there something that you want me to know? I want you to know that I'm not unlocking the door. <laughs> because you want to stay here? Maybe. So just notice that even though you're not getting the information, mm -hmm. the, en the energy is coming down a little. Yeah, it is. Okay, so now let's rewind to the top and let's try with you expressing. We're just okay. experimenting to okay. see what happens. We need to learn somehow. Okay. So would you, I want you to unlock the door and let her in so we can go home. Go home? I don't want to go home. And I don't want... Uh, do the same thing that you did before. Okay. I'm not letting her in. Just, okay. Just, we're starting all the way at the top. Okay. No, I'm not letting her in. Um... You know, Amanda, I'm, I'm scared that if we stay here for a lot longer that you're going to get more upset and that your mom's going to get upset and we're all just going to have a really rotten time. So um, I'm wondering if you could help me um, just kind of get, get going. But I don't want to go. So I wanna, before you respond, I want to ask you, how did it feel to have her say this? It felt... Um, Whether you would show it or not in your behavior, what happened inside of you? Hmm. I was trying to understand her. I was trying to understand where she was coming from, but I still kind of wanted to hold my position mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. <clears throat> so for this to work, you need to be agendaless. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounded to me like you were using this to still try to get her to do something instead of just coming to her raw with your experience. That I run into this whole thing of I'm not supposed, she's, she's not responsible for me. Like if I come to her raw with my experience, then I'm kind of laying this thing on her. So there is a very fine line because you want to be responsible for yourself. It's, yeah. I'm more thinking of it in terms of how do you bridge the gap with human connection. Yeah. It's either you reach for her heart or you expose yours. Mm -hmm. And you didn't really quite expose yours. Okay. Are you willing to try that? Mm -hmm. Let's go to the top and try again. Okay. And then let's check in with uh, okay. real Cindy afterwards. Amanda. Let's go. Open the door for your sister and let her in so we can go. No, I'm not opening the door. Um, I'm just, uh, I don't know what to say. What's the truth that lives in you? I don't want to force you to do it. Um, I'm scared that this, I'm scared. I don't want to, I'm scared about what to do next. I want to be a good mom. That's the main thing. Like I have this idea that how do I do this and be a good mom? Drop underneath it. Is there any part of you that uh, 
feels her plight. Yeah. Yeah. Why not express that? Well, I wasn't until you said that. Mm. <laughs> um, that's the tragedy. Yeah, this is so the tragedy that all of this is about care. Yeah. Right. And the care never gets expressed. Well, I didn't even realize it. I, that's the tragedy that you didn't realize it. Yeah. But you see, that is the prime motivator here. Right. She has no way of knowing because what she sees is the surface layer. Right. Do this, don't do that. So I want to let you know that um, I, I, I just, it must be really hard that I get that it must be really hard to be in this situation. And I'm trying to help you out the best I can. And I don't know that it's best. I don't know what's best. And I can imagine that it's really tough for, to have me take you away. Yeah, it makes me want to cry right now. <laughs> exactly. Because you made the human connection. Mm. I, I got the sense that she really stopped. Yeah. Wherever she was at before, she just stopped and yeah. like took some time <clears throat> to listen to me. And now there's room for you. Mm -hmm. a, a little bit, but there's room for her. And you see that that de-escalated it. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, very curious to hear from Cindy, who has been in that situation. Any, any, how was it to, um, you know, observe this? Um, it, it was very interesting, especially the first one. The, the first one was, it was just exactly, I mean, that was, you just captured um, the, my, the, the child. She was captured perfectly. She, mm -hmm. You know, you, um, that, uh, and I forget, it was two scenarios, so I, I kind of forget what that was. But, um, and you know, I guess you don't really want to leave now or... Yeah. What was uh, that one? Uh, the one where I was empathizing. The one where, where, uh, where Sigal was being you and empathizing with the daughter? Yeah. 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 And, and, and um, she said, maybe. I mean, that was just, uh, and that would have turned it completely around. Uh -huh. she, I could see her sitting there smiling. That was exactly it. Yeah. You know, for her, that just really got her. Okay, then, let, I, I'm going to let you think about this for a moment and stay with us because we want to take a short break and we'll come back in, in a moment. Don't, don't hang up. Welcome back to the Conflict Hotline, where what you say next can change your world. I'm Miki Kashtan. If you want to join us, you can call 510-848-5483. And uh, we have a caller on the line. We're in the middle of exploring her situation. Cindy, who is calling from, uh, I forgot what city. With Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So um, I um, am curious, uh, when you heard Sigal drop into the, you know, the level of the heart and expressing the care, what was that like for you to see that? Yeah, that, it, Sigal really captured the, the fear. I hadn't been in touch with that. And it really was being afraid that it was going to escalate. And I wanted to just move on to yeah. protect her. 
from having to, you know, degenerate everything because they had had a pretty good day. Yeah. And we had a pretty a fun evening planned for afterwards. And yeah. I wanted to protect her from that. So and, um, connecting with the care instead of just making the demand yeah. was, uh, was pretty key in that, that uh, I can... And, and also, Seagal was hard to do, and I, I'm like, yeah, it is hard to do. It's hard to yeah to be It's much easier to tell people what you want them to do yes. than it is to be vulnerable. Yes. And yeah. did you see just how powerful that strategy was for creating connection with the daughter? Yeah. 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 And especially the part about expressing the care and being affected at the heart level. Yeah. by the anguish of the daughter. Yeah. That I really like the way you did it, Sigal. Um, so anything else you want to say about this scenario? Because um, otherwise I want to move to the next one. Sure, sure. No, that was really helpful. Great. So the next piece is uh, between uh, you, Sigal will again uh, be you, and uh, this, the biological mother, um, which uh, Julie is the name that we gave her, and uh, Smita is going to be Julie. And um, what happened is, um, again, I'm just going to check with you if I got the situation right. I think I did, that at some point in this whole scene, Julie intervenes, which starts making matters even worse. And, um, and at that point, uh, you are trying to ask her to let you handle it, and that's when it uh, deteriorates. Did I get that mm -hmm. right? Yes. Okay, so um, back to the studio. Thank you. I'm really appreciating having you on the line to kind of like both help us and have us help you in this way. So mm -hmm. uh, stay tuned and let's see what happens. So you're in that moment where you say, let me handle it. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I've already said let me handle it, and you can. she's continued to, to try and help. So at this point, if you want to just take over, I'll just leave her with you and just call me when you want me to pick her up. You're going to leave her here? I'm calling Child Protective Services. She's, not longer, she's no longer mine. Well, uh, you are making it very difficult for me to take care of her. So if you just either just take it or step away. Okay, well, I'll call Child Protective Services then. How about that? Thank you. I don't have a sense that that went anywhere that either of you enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So again, this is, there is um, a, a similar flavor here of this paradoxical anguish where in the effort to protect yeah. and to work out a situation creates an escalation. Right. Now, the reason it creates an escalation is that you are asserting it by separating. Okay. Do you see what I mean? And that's, yep. that's what right. we habitually do. Protection is seen as the best way to protect is to separate. And this is kind of like you a... You separating them? I'm trying to separate them. No, no you, I'm separating from you, myself. You are separating from her. Oh. You're creating distance between you. Right. You go away. <laughs> right. I know you go away. Oh, you don't want to go away? Then I'll go away. Uh-huh. That's the subtext. So there is, you are foregoing the connection between you. Okay. And again, if you're going to de-escalate the conflict, the de-escalation happens through connection. Right, so go to connection. Okay. Yeah. 
So, um, Julie, I'm not, I, are you trying to help me out here? Am I trying to help you out? Why would I help you out? In terms of, I think we're rewinding to a moment, to the moment when you were trying to intervene. Okay. Before, it, it's right. kind of like we're going back before, we're rewinding. We, okay. we're rewinding back to the moment when you're trying to intervene. Okay. And she's trying to understand what's leading you to intervene. Okay, okay. So, mm -hmm. take two. So I'm sort of like, what's going on here? What's, what's happening? Yeah, you're, and you told me that I should, you know, make her get out of the car, and you told me that I should wait 15 minutes, and then you told me that you're going to call the police on her. Um, so and I've stopped, and I've asked you over and over to stop um, helping. Okay. So now you're trying to understand. Yeah. Um, so are, are you trying to... Um, Julia, let me just see if I, if I understand. Do you want to st stay? Are you like trying to stay connected with your daughter? I don't know if I'm trying to stay connected with her. I just, you know, why, why can't you handle these kids? I'm like, I'm worried. Like, are you not taking good care of them at home? So seeing my interaction with Amanda kind of scares you because you want to trust that she's going to be okay and she's going to be happy and healthy with me. Yeah, because I, I obviously can't take care of her, so I want someone who can. So this is, this is still charged, but it is so much more connected already. Yeah. yeah. So I want to pause and check in with Cindy on the phone to see um, just if there's anything that pops up. How, how is this? Do you have any thoughts about this or any feelings? Mm, it, it's hard for me to connect there. Um, this, this mother has sabotaged five previous placements. So what I'm seeing is the child is doing really well in this placement and she's beginning her sabotage behavior. So it's, it's hard for me to get beyond that. So, um, so let's examine um, the, the fundamental premise of nonviolent communication is that whatever anybody does is some attempt to meet a need. Mm -hmm. So assuming for a moment, I don't know, I'm just going to assume for a moment that it is true that she's been sabotaging um, uh, foster placements. What could possibly be the reason for her to do that? Well, it seems that the family needs Allison to be sick because then they feel better. She is the, the I, one that they blame for everything. Anything that goes wrong, it's always Allison's fault. Uh, I mean, the child's fault, Julie or Amanda, whatever we call her. Okay. So, um, so, so you're, you, um, and if in that case, then I, what I'm hearing from you is there is some way that having a child that um, can be named the problem gives them some relief. That's, yeah. uh, whether or not that is true, I still don't see the connection between that and why would that lead to sabotaging foster homes. Wouldn't it be easier to have a foster home that works and then they don't have to deal with the daughter? Well, no, because if the daughter gets better, then they have to start looking at 
some of the things that are wrong in their life. Uh-huh. Right now, anything that's wrong, it's her fault. But if she gets better, then they don't have anyone to blame anymore. Yeah, that's, that doesn't strike me as getting to the heart of something. What's, what's the real pain? There's something going on here. And I, I'm wondering, uh, Sigal, if you'd like to try to connect empathically as and see, hmm? as Cindy, if you'd like to connect with Julie and see, you know, Julie, um, Smita, as Julie, you've heard from Cindy. See if you can kind of like sink into this role and through empathy, maybe we can learn something about it. Mm -hmm. So are you, are you really nervous about all of the foster families that Amanda has been with? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I can't be there. I don't know what's going on. It's like she's just out of my view. I don't know what's going on in those homes. Mm -hmm. So, so it's like you, you have some kind of sense that you're not in control here and, it, and it's unsettling? Yeah, maybe. Control, I'm not sure if it's control. I think I just want some peace of mind. I just want to know that she's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My son, I can watch him, he's at home. Mm -hmm. With her, I just don't know. And I also, I'm, I'm uh, wondering if there is some way that there is um, like a tear in you, like many things going on at once. There is wanting Amanda to be okay. Mm -hmm. And there's also wanting peace of mind of not having to worry about her. And there is also, um, some way that having a daughter with so many problems is frightening to you. And it's just hard to navigate all these things. Does that ring true? Mm. Perhaps. I don't know. It's not sitting with me right now. Mm -hmm. So let, is anything else uh, coming up as you're, as you're hearing from me? Um, when you said, is something in me torn? And mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, I want her here, but I don't want her here. I want yeah. to be able to keep an eye on her, but I also yeah. am frightened that I'm gonna do something wrong in my, mm -hmm. in parenting her. That sounds true to me. And I'm wondering, Cindy on the phone, does this sound true to you? It really does, I think that's exactly, she's torn. She wants her and she doesn't want her. And she's also, I think there's some shame there. She's, she's um, these other foster parents, you know, they start to get somewhere with her, and she's never able to get anywhere with her. Mm -hmm. So she's, she's embarrassed, and she, she's yeah. uh, angry. So there is, there is some deep sense of helplessness, then, I'm imagining, underneath that embarrassment of, I have a daughter, and I don't know how to take care of her, and I can't face that. Um, um, so I send her away to foster, but that doesn't make me feel good either. Something like this. Yeah, that's exactly. I think you. Mm yeah. -hmm. So, um, and all of that, of course, is something that uh, she would never find any ease in admitting, because to be able to own that this is true would take more 
presence of mind than most people can have. It's a really tough situation. So let's take another uh, uh, short break. And when we come back, we'll see if there's any way to make connection mm. somehow with this. So um, mm. hang tight. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Conflict Hotline. And uh, today you can no longer join us by phone. And with us on the phone is uh, Cindy from Milwaukee still. And uh, wondering if you had any further thoughts, Cindy, in the, during the break. Uh, just a, a deep uh, sense of, of awareness how my own inner reaction is, I just want to get out of here. I yeah. get away from this, and uh, uh, the the NBC response is to connect to what it is, and yes. that is the that's that's the piece for me. And I'm guessing a place that I can connect with the mother who also wants the child just out of here, and yet yeah wants the connection. You know, so. So thank you. So so you gave me a clue for. So what I what I really want you to do, Sigal, as mm -hmm. as you are going back to being Cindy, is to answer in your body the question: What would it mean to love this woman? Mm -hmm. Yeah. As you're trying to work this out, right. what would it mean to love her? Okay. So where should we start from? Um, start from um, the moment. She says child productive services. Uh, it doesn't. Act, it almost doesn't matter which right, moment. You right. can pick any moment. Okay. Which moment do you want to pick? Where she says, "I'm going to call child protective services." Okay. So say that. I'm going to call child protective services on you. Um. Who? Julie. Um. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm bummed that it's that that it's just the worst in such a tough situation, mm. and I'm um, I don't know what else to say, but that I wish it was easier. Um, not not like for me, but just just that it's hard. Um, Did this reach you at all? Yes, absolutely. I just uh, in the beginning I was really hard and had a shield, and then when she's said that I just opened up yeah completely because um, because she was speaking as if we were partners in this and not just exactly one way exactly and and this is the the, the profound lesson it is moving from an adversarial approach mm -hmm. to a partnership approach mm -hmm. brings you together and then you have both of you working on the real issue yeah instead of so much of your energy getting diverted to fighting each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Cindy on the phone, how does this strike you? Uh, I had a hard time hearing. I don't know what it was that connected. Um, I, said that I, was, I said that I was bummed and that it was, I could see how hard it was and I was sad that it was so hard for both of us, that it was just such a difficult situation. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. So now that you're hearing it, how does it sound to you? Yeah, that I think that would stop her because she's so used to everyone. She's so used to everyone rejecting her because the, the, the other team 
Yeah. I re- my team replaced the other team who ran screaming from the room. They couldn't wait to get away from this family. Yeah. So, yeah, that would, you know, just let the resistance down and just say, yeah, it's just yeah. hard. So, so the, the, what I want to leave you with is um, rather than thinking NVC, just think about how can I bring love, connection, partnership, and openness to the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I hope this helps, and um, I'm, I'm very grateful to you for... Um, making yourself and your life and your love and generosity available to us in this way. Thank, Thank you. you so much. My gosh, this is so helpful. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll connect again soon. I'm quite confident. And um, anything either one of you, Smita or Sigal, want to say in your yeah. role before we close? Just about this. Situation. I just noticed how hard it was, like once I just thought love, how hard it was to come up with any words. Mm-hmm. It was just empty, mm-hmm. you know? There was no, and so I found myself saying um and struggling and stopping because I was just, and you know, there wasn't a need. It was yeah. just so much harder mm-hmm. to come up with words. Mm-hmm. And I think I felt that. Mm-hmm. I, you didn't have to say well, you, I mean, what you said was helpful, but the way you said it, I could feel that coming through and, and just, like, mm-hmm. shed all of my yeah. um, barriers. <laughs> Anything else that uh, you want to say about this scenario? Hmm. No, not that I can think of right now. Thank you. So uh, we are coming to the end of our show. And, um, you know, there are many more scenarios that we could do about alternative families, and this felt very rich. Maybe we'll come back to this topic at another time. Uh, um, And I'm I'm curious, anything overall, as you look at the show, what stands out to you that you learned or like a takeaway nugget or lesson? Just, I think, finding compassion for somebody else, but also finding compassion for me and the role that I was playing Mm -hmm. and really trying to understand myself as well as the other person. Mm -hmm. For me, it was, again, again, the energetic quality, the difference in being in my judgments and my my resistance or my thoughts than it is to just be in open, you know, connection, basically. Everything feels different about it, Mm -hmm. um, viscerally. Yeah, and, and what stands out to me is just the intensity of how habituated we are to that sense of uh, putting more of an armor in order to get something mm-hmm. to happen when the foundation of it is care and love and we never show it. That really that struck me today. And uh, so as we are coming to the end, I want to express enormous gratitude to Cindy for calling us and sending us this scenario ahead of time. And um, if you were inspired or intrigued by what you saw today and you want to learn more about it, you can go to our website, www.baynvc.org. We have trainings mostly in the Bay Area, but also in other places. And um, the phone number you can also call and find out is 510 
433-0700. If you don't live uh, near the Bay Area or far away and there are no trainers in your area, you can learn from home using the NVC Academy online and on the phone, nvctraining.com. And we love to get feedback and scenarios ahead of time. Please send those to conflicthotline at bayNVC.org. And I want to express gratitude to Smita in particular for uh, doing this last minute and first time and with all the nervousness, I really enjoyed your presence. And thank you, Sigal, for participating also. And a lot of gratitude to the crew uh, who come here month after month and to Berkeley Community Media for making these programs available. And if you would like to join us next month, we will be on August 5th. And um, uh, we're going to be featuring, if all goes well, an interview with Michael Nagler about nonviolence and uh, other scenarios as usual. Uh, see you next month. Good night. Of my fear, breathe out compassion to myself. I take a deep, dark breath of your fear. Breathe out compassion to you. And the next breath is for all the people who can relate to me and you. Mm. You cannot see eye to eye. Won't you step up with me and try? Drop the fences down. Find the common ground. Take a deep breath. Reveal your true self